Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. The Lord, uh, let me start by telling you why I have pink on, or I don't know what, what, what this, what is this color online audience? Cause they, they know what, what is this? Fuchsia. So I don't know if that counts. That's in the pink family, right? So yeah, that counts. Somebody said, you got fuchsia on. I said, all right, praise God. I don't know how I was supposed to know that, but great. But, um, you know, it's breast cancer awareness month and we have in the last service, it was, it was staggering, really, how many people who, had, who were either going through cancer now, women, or, or who were survivors. And so I don't want to pass up the moment without having an opportunity to acknowledge you and pray for you and celebrate with your life. So if you have somebody in your family who's just survived breast cancer or, or, or you're a survivor or maybe even struggling through it right now and you've been isolated and alone, I just would love for you to maybe raise your hand so we can acknowledge you as a church. Okay. I see you. I see you. I see you. First of all, thank you for your confidence and your faith and your bravery in God. And I pray that the work that he's begun, it will continue. That the healing work of Jesus would not only heal you, but make you whole. Where there's nothing missing, nothing broken, and that which would try to come back in your life would be prevented from coming back, that that door would be closed. And if there's any that's struggling, even online, I know I couldn't see you if you raise your hand, but I want you to know God cares. He sees you and he's right there. So Lord, I pray that a, a blessing over their lives, God, health and healing to their life. God, as we get into the word, I pray you would be with us. You lead us and guide us to the truth we need to know. Reveal your gospel message and we'll give you praise for all things in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Just look at somebody on your left or right and say, oh, he's a good God. Come on online. You can do that too. Maybe you by yourself. Just say it out loud to the Holy Ghost. You a good God. Hallelujah. There's very few places on the planet where you can feel most yourself, most safe and most at peace. And I would say by and large, no matter who you are, that place of greatest security is home. Doesn't mean that you didn't have some turbulence at your home or you had to go through seasons. But when you find your center, you probably find it mostly at whatever you call home. You can find home in a hotel room. You can find a home in a small house or a big house or an apartment because the environment is one that reinforces who you are, gives you confidence and everything. But many of us, when home is disrupted, it's really not a home, it's just a house. When the relation, no tension enters in, it moves from a home to a house. When you cannot pay the bills, it moves from a home to a house. When, when in, if somebody ever breaks in, 
And I've had many break-ins in my life. And if you've ever been violated in that way, your home can instantly just become a house. The world is so turbulent right now, we're not even willing to call America home. It's almost like we're afraid to say we're Americans. Home of the free, the home of the brave. I'm proud to be an American. It's like there's something wrong with singing that now. Something happens when what you had confidence and peace in and definition in is disrupted in some way. Your home becomes a house, therefore making you homeless, insecure, and disrupted. How many know that's a very difficult place to be in where you no longer know where you're safe, you no longer know where you'll be affirmed, you no longer know where you can retreat to. It's a tough thing to have a destination, a house, but it no longer is a home. Can anybody relate to that? I find that the story of Nehemiah that we've been going through really lends itself to that refrain. You have people who had been working to build the house, but the house had not become a home. When we left them, they were only building the wall, and now it, we're going to start in chapter 10, but let me catch you up from chapter 3 to 10, all that happened was as they were building a wall, somebody was threatening them the whole time. Somebody was threatening to take it down, to destroy it, to destroy them, to kill their life. They had to build with a brick in one hand and the sword in another hand. And how many know that makes it fatiguing? How many know no matter what you're building, if something in life is wearing you out, you can't actually enjoy your house? And they had gotten to the point where they had the physical location, but they didn't have the sentiments, the heart, and the God to fill that location with them. They had the hope of something, but it was not realized yet. And it is at this particular point that I want to skip us ahead to chapter 10, and, 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 and is, you're going to see the condition of a people, and then I'm going to explain how they got there. Here we go. Verse 28, you online, I want you to read along with me. You here, you can just read on your breath as I read it. I would give you the assignment to read, but it didn't go well in the last service, so I don't th think it'll go well with you. So online audience, I know you'll do great. You can just start leaning off. Ready? Okay, we'll read. You're under the breath. I'm going to be out loud. The rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who had separated themselves from the people of the land to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all who had knowledge and understanding, joined with their brothers, the nobles, and entered into a curse and an oath or a covenant or a command to walk in God's laws that was given to them by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and to do all the commandments of the Lord our God 
and his rules and his statutes. Here it is. We've located a people. They're assembling and they're making these statements of covenant of what they'll do in the house of God, how they'll live in the house of God. But you, you and, and, and why did they say, they said a few things. They said, we're going to separate ourselves. There's something about having a quality house that means this is your space. This is intimate. When I close the door in, in my house with my family, that's our intimate space. What is God asking you to separate from in order to focus in on the house becoming a home? Because it's hard to make a house a home when you're absent. It's hard to make a house a home when, when God is not at the center of it. And these people are putting God at the center. Where was it before? Well, go to, um, let, me, let me show you how, how did they get to this point where they wanted to make a covenant. The Bible says, go to Ezra 8. You're going to love this. And what, I mean, I said Ezra 8, Nehemiah 8. I just knew it talked about Ezra. What you're going to see here is what caused these people to have this type of disposition. They had already built the physical location, and after they built the physical location, they did what, anybody, what, what, what should have been done. They started using the house and furnishing the house with priests and people and gatekeepers to work it. But after they got everything in order, here's what they did in chapter 5. And Ezra opened the books in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and he opened it up, and he stood there. And verse 6 says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, lifting up their hands and bowing their heads. They worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They read from the books, from the law of God, clearly. And they gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, who was the priest and the scribe, so they've got the, the, the temple work and the, and the systematic work all done at the same time. And the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord. Do not mourn or weep for all of the people wept as they heard the word of the law. Now, let me, let me just catch you up with what's going on. This is great. They didn't have an active relationship with God, but they had him in view. They had a house, but it wasn't a home. And the way that they began to invite God and automate the things that were going on, they had a lot of physical things without a lot of life. The what they did in order to do this is they took the word of the living God and they stood before the people and they took this life-giving word, this light and life, and they began to speak it and speak it. The script, one scripture says they spoke it for a quarter of the day. And they went out through the audience and they made sure that everyone understood exactly what the word of God was saying. And by the time the word was done being preached, they started weeping and they started crying. And the reason that they were crying and the reason that they were weeping is because they saw who God really was juxtaposed against who they had become. 
They saw how far they had fallen for grace, but how many times that God had been answering them. In chapter 9 of Nehemiah, they begin to go through a list of things that they discovered before they got to chapter 10. They discovered that God had seen them in bondage in Egypt and he had delivered them. They had seen that God seen them... Uh, the, his, their way through the wilderness, and he began to give them what they needed for clothing, what they needed for food, what they needed for water, what they needed for their health. Their, their bodies didn't wear out. Their soles of their shoes didn't wear out. He began to see that the grace of God was on them, and they would say this refrain that every time we sin and disobey God, God was showing up on our behalf. They began to get the formula of what makes a house into a home. The thing that makes a house in a home is obeying God, invoking God, keeping God on the inside, uh, and, and doing what God wants us to do. And it's amazing to me that they did not give any indictments against God, though they were exiled people. They were a poor people. They were a hurting people. They were only recognizing how far they were away from the house that they had just built being a home because it was an absence of God. Verse 36 of that same chapter, if you go down to verse 36, 9, 36. Yes. Behold, this is what they said of themselves. We are slaves this day. They were slaves. They were in exile. They had sold themselves even to their brothers to pay the debt, to pay for the homes they were living in, the food they were needing to eat, and also the house that they were building. They they were actually seemingly going down to build all this thing. Not only was their life in peril, everything was going wrong. They were slaves that day. You know, we, we, the Bible says the, the borrower is slave to the, to the lender. We're all leveraged in some way. And we, we don't spill that hope that you're ever going to get out. And yet he said, behold, we are slaves in the, in, the, in the land that you gave to our fathers to enjoy for the fruit. He said, not only are we slaves, we're not supposed to be living like this. This is our inheritance we're in, but we're living in it like paupers. Behold, we're slaves. In verse 37, you don't have verse 37? Watch this. You're going to love it. Or oh, I love it. But you can love it. Verse 37. And it is, it is rich. Uh, and its rich yield goes to the kings whom you set over us because of our sin. He said the land could do something for us. The place should be prospering. The house should be a home that supplies for us. But the people who are getting the benefits are the very people who are over us, and they're over us because we rejected you. We have sinned. It's a beautiful thing when you finally realize the problem in your life is not the government. The problem in your life is not God Almighty. The problem in our life starts with one place, you, the individual. If you're being overwhelmed and overcome, you cannot always point to external things. And it doesn't mean that external things won't go wrong and things won't be bad. But there's something about saying greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's something about saying in my weakness, he's made strong. It's something about referring back to the covenant-making, covenant-keeping God that gives you the confidence that he's going to bring you out. You're in the right house. It's just not a home. He said, 
He said that the rule over us, they rule over our bodies, the livestock, as they please, and we are in great distress. Because of all this, we make a firm covenant in writing on a sealed document. Our names and our princes, our Levites and our, uh, and, and our, and our priests, Nehemiah and all of the people, the wives, the sons and everybody, saying we figured it out by being taught the word. We figured it out by being exposed to the nature and character of God. That every time man went left, God brought us back right. Every time we disobeyed and served other gods, he didn't abandon his cause of loving man. We're finding out that the only person that's been a problem in the relationship of the house being a house instead of a home, it's me. And I'm not trying to really get God to come back to the house. I'm trying to recognize the God of the house so I can be at home with him. And, 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 and I got exposed to enough of the word of God to recognize that that's what I needed to do. Perhaps, church, the very struggles that you're having is because the word of the living God hasn't graduated to a premium in your life. Day for days, for days, listen to the word over and over and over and over again. And the conclusion that they came to, you have to hear this. This is not the conclusion that God came to. This is not the, 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 the prophet saying, here's what you need to do. This is not an angel of the Lord saying what you need to do. This is not even God himself saying this is what you need to do. Just the people being exposed to the word of God causes them to say, I know how to reclaim that which God has given to me. I'm going to renew my covenant. I'm going to speak a covenant. I'm going to put my house in order so it can be a home. And until God sits in the right place as Lord of my life and Lord of this house, I can never, ever, ever have a home. I'll just be looking at something I built with my hands, but I won't get to enjoy it. The only way you can enjoy the life that God has given you is to get God in it and get your house in order so it can be a home. He wants you to have a home. This people wasn't waiting on the prophet to show up. They said, ah, we got this. We understand. We want God in here. Can you imagine they're showing up to make a covenant? No one asked them to lay out the sacrifices. No one asked them to obligate themselves this way. This is something they are doing. I love that. Maybe the, the, the insecurity in your home is not caused by the other, ones, other people in the home. Maybe it's caused by you. Maybe if you're single and, and your home is not full of life, maybe what you need to do is be more friendly, be more, more open. Maybe, maybe your home is not complete because God is leading you to involve some more people in your network that are not there. But again, when he sits as Lord of it, when he sits as Lord, you, get, you know what they had to do to get it? it uh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'll say that. They... they they didn't just listen to the word. They had to separate themselves from everybody else in order to do that. I know, I, 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 you got to let me be blunt here. In this world of social media and the consumption of content, you got to ask yourself, 
if your screen time is higher than your Bible time, you've got a problem. If your screen time is higher than your Bible time, you got a problem. You're going to be living in a house. You're not going to have a home. If you think that, again, social media can be used good, but you know if you're a consumer or if you're a producer of content. Are you consuming everything that's on TikTok? Because it's going to clean your clock. No, I'm serious. You can't consume everything on IG. You can't do it. Does that mean that those mediums can't be used for godly purposes? Yes, if he's the Lord of your house, then you have to evaluate what comes in your house. Now, I, I know. I just got too personal then. You want me to go on to the next point? Let's go to verse 30 then. I can move on. Verse 30 in Nehemiah 10, when you get to the point where I'm going to turn my house into a home, yes, you make a covenant, but now you have new cautions. Here's what they look like. He said, we will not give our daughters to people of the land and take their daughters for our sons. Watch this. Verse 31. He said, and if the people of the land bring in goods or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy them uh, from them on the Sabbath or on the holy day, and we will forego the crops uh, on, on the 70th year of exaction of every day. What are they saying? They're, they're saying these things may have been written in principle but we're going to make them a part of the covenant law. We've learned that there are some things we don't need to do as a caution. This is them restating in a more severe way what God has stated more like a, in a principled way. And, 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 and here they're saying, we're not going to give our daughters and sons over. He was specifically talking at that time about the Hivites, the Hittites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Gerites. He was talking specifically about a people because I don't want you to think that God has a problem with intermarriage. He told them he didn't want them to be unequally yoked with that group of people because they were going to move their hearts away from God, which happened. So what they're saying is now we know here are the things that we no longer need to do if we're going to honor this covenant. There are very specific things for your house that you need to enumerate and list based on your Lord that you don't need to do. You don't need to watch. Some people, because of the nature of their past, cannot be around alcohol. You can't smell it. You can't see it in a glass. You can't see it in somebody's refrigerator. Because the Scripture says we need to know how to possess our vessels to sanctification and honor. What it takes for me to honor my house and let it be a home may be something different for you. This caution that they're having is not about the rules as much as it's about a revelation of your God and an understanding of your tendency. You need to be cautious. If you're going to make this work, you got to be cautious. You want a home, don't you? Then you've got to be cautious. Your home can go, and it can turn into just a place you lay your head down, a place you throw your keys down, a place you come into and go out of. 
Not that warm, cozy feeling you want. Y'all know a side note as we go to our third point is I'm already putting my Christmas stuff up. I told myself, you know, this is for fun just here. I told myself COVID-19 came unexpectedly, so I'm going to start Christmas early. I am. I got trees all, I got it out. That's my home. I know, what it ta- I know it's going to take an extra month for me. I'm taking, I feel like the, the world took something from me. I'm taking it back in my house. We're going to have two Christmases. Okay. <laughs> Watch this next point. Go to verse 32. Remember, we're going to move this house to a home. Remember, this is not something a prophet or an angel or God himself is making them do. This is the people who separated themselves, get a revelation of the word, and they're so overwhelmed that they want a week, but God is encouraging them. And they said, if you're going to still be good to us, Lord, and we're going to invite you to be a part of this home, we're going to covenant with you. We're going to lose more caution. Now watch this, what happens next. We also take on ourselves the obligation. This word obligation is a commitment. It can also be a command. We're not only going to covenant, we're going to commit. We're not going to just have the words, we're going to have the actions. We're going to give yearly a third of a shekel in the service of the house of the Lord. We're going to, uh, for the showbread, for the grain offering, for, for the new moons, for, for, the, for the feast, for the holy days, for, for the atonement, for the house of God. What is all this saying? It's saying that I'm going to commit to making contributions constantly to this house for the benefits of others. I'm going to make contributions so we can build back the city of Jerusalem. I'm going to make contributions so that the temple sacrifices and everything that keeps us connected with God is done. I'm not willing to just live like they used to live. I'm not waiting on them to do a tithing message or, or you need to serve message. I'm voluntarily telling you I'm already signing myself up. They didn't open one of the classrooms today. Next week, I'll be there opening that children's classroom. I'm going to make the house great. People who think like this never complain. You know, I had a person come to me, we, you know, we've been in this building almost five years, and somebody had come to me every now and then. None of y'all in here, none of y'all online, none of y'all will do this. I say, Pastor James, just want you to know it's a stain in the carpet there. I said, right there, and it's a few on the other side, just in case you didn't know. Yeah, I, I know. I want, you, I want to say, why don't you get your steamer, go rent a steamer. My point is, is that what you see is your opportunity to contribute. That's what you see. That's why you see it. I see what we could be doing. Thank you. Will you do it? Let's keep reading in the Bible. Verse uh, 34. And the priests and the Levites and the people likewise cast lots for the wood offering. This is, this is simply now they're saying this, this, this work that we're doing for the Lord needs us all to commit 
to randomly be available for needs to come up that have to be done. That means there's anticipated things we should participate in, and then there's some things where your family could be called on to contribute, and we're saying we're available to be interrupted in our schedule. We can be inconvenienced. Remember, this is not God or an angel or a prophet making them do this. This is their decision as they separate themselves and they hear the word. Verse 35. He again uses this word. Obligate. Commit. They commit, we commit ourselves to bring the first fruits of the ground and the first fruits of every tree year by year to the house of the Lord, also to bring to the house of God, uh, to the priests who minister to the house, the firstborn of the sons of the cattle, uh, as it is written, the firstborn of the, of the herds and the flocks, and bring the, the first of our dough, our contribution of fruit, every tree, every vine, every olive, every priest, chamber uh, to the house of God and to bring the Levites to tithe uh, from the ground. Basically, they're saying, God, the reason, the way this is going to turn from a house to a home is we're going to prioritize you. We're going to give you preeminence. We're not going to think about what we need. We're going to think about what your house needs, independent of our needs. See, when you give God first, that necessarily means you calculate your worship before you calculate your need. Because when they gave God the first cattle or, or, the, or, or the first thing to open the womb, there was no guarantee there was more behind it. So you can't, you can't just think giving to God first means everything else has worked out. If you're going to move from a house to a home, he must be preeminent. He must be first. And you have to do it by faith. And these are the people who are doing this, who are coming out of slavery, coming out of poverty, coming out of a pandemic, coming out of stress and an uncertain economy. And in this uncertainty, they're saying, we committed to contribute. We're giving you a covenant, we got caution, and we're ready to commit to contributions. First, every first thing belongs to God. 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 You firstborn, you belong to God. You belong to Him. You're for Him. Every best thing, the fattest thing, the most marvelous things in your life, we, as an act of worship, we give him our best. We do not give him our leftover. Well, I think if I got some time left over, you know, after all I do, I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I have a little bit. I got, I, I, I've, you know, I got about an hour, you know, every six months I can throw at the Lord because, you know, he's worthy of that. As you sucking in air that he just gave you. I'm not saying this to convince you to do something because it was the revelation they had independent of prodding. The only thing we, the preachers did was just teach them. 
You know, after this message, you don't have to do nothing I say. Nothing. You grown. But it's something about these people. Then in their most desperate situation to find security again and comfort again and a home again, they say, we want something different. We're going to break from this world's way of doing things. Here, here, here's the final thing. Go to verse 39 to the end. I'm going to just skip to the end. And I'm going to show you this. You can stand up as I say this. You're going to love this. Sorry, note takers, I made you stand up too quick. But you, he said, we will not neglect the house of our God. The conclusion of the whole thing is if I have any chance of having a home, it requires that I don't neglect the house of God. If I have any chance of restoring my safety, my hope, my security, if I have any chance, I, I've got to get rid of sin. I sanctify myself. I'm going to make a fresh covenant with God. What if you committed all over again? What if you renewed your covenant with God? What if you start living cautiously and, 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 and you committed? What if you start saying the tenth, the tithe, it belongs to the Lord. I need to return it to him so I can give him first fruits. What if he said, I'm, 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 you know, I, 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 at my workplace, I take my gifts and my talent and I'm able to get, gain a paycheck, but I do nothing for the advancement of the kingdom and I'm going to change that. What if, what if it changed? What if you knew that one heart change would cause the people around you, the city around you, the work environment around you, to respond differently to the gospel? What if, what if their way would be lit up? What if they would start being attracted to your house because it's a home? Because they can feel the peace you have on the inside. Maybe some of the instability that you have in your life, and I have in my life, is because when I really look at my places of security, my house, if I really go deeply, Jesus is not Lord at all. I'm not saying he's not Lord like that's not his permanent position. I have not surrendered to him as Lord. These are not people who are unintelligent. But when they got a revelation, they said, we got to make an obligation. We got to make a commitment to make a covenant and a contribution. I know that Jesus is speaking to some of you today, and I want you to bow your head. And even if you're watching online or on Fox, I want you to bow your head. Because believe it or not, this moment is for you and me. Today, if you heard the gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit illuminating and magnifying this word on the inside of your heart, showing you that perhaps through the word of God, you're more closely aligned with the world and insecurity than you are with his house and security. Maybe you found, I'm far away. I don't know how I got there. I actually want to pray for you. And if you're online, I want you to do this. And if you're in the room, I want you to do this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one's going to be called out. But you need a moment with Jesus where you acknowledge, I haven't 
had a covenant active with you and I don't make a contribution, but I want to get it right. And if you're here today and you, you, you heard something that made you renew your faith, I got to get this right or I got to start contributing. On three, I'm going to have you raise your hand and put it down quickly where no one notices it or sees it but me. But I want to pray for you. One, two, three. I see all those hands. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room, especially us who raised our hands, that we would have the strength and courage to do what Nehemiah and the children, Ezra and those people did, separate ourselves from the world. Hear enough of the word of God that we would have the confidence to make covenant with you about how we'll be more cautious, how we'll be more committed to making contributions to the house becoming a home. Give us the ability and the strength to do that. In Jesus' name. As Pastor Philip comes and closes, this is your moment. I wish I could tell you that there's, there's a work of God, there's a work of man, there's a work of God. If you're at home, you, it's going to be difficult for you to do this part, but I encourage you to just maybe get on your knees wherever you're at. But you need a holy moment. And I can't fabricate that moment for you but I can open up this holy place. And I want to invite you, if you got to do a fresh covenant with God, you need to come and distance and kneel before God because you need a moment in time when you made it clear, me and you, Lord, went another realm. I would not leave here not having you a higher part of my home. And that looks different for everybody. And only you know and God knows. So, I just want her to sing for a minute. You can come and then it will be dismissed. You can come if you want to kneel and pray.